Welcome to Entrepreneurial Minds, a podcast where we will be talking to multiple entrepreneurs to understand their journey, a journey with that will help other aspiring entrepreneurs and people who want to build their dream ideas. We must prepare for the future of transportation. With 160% growth in electric vehicle sales globally despite covid demonstrate huge opportunity for electric vehicles in the future. With governments influencing the growth and funding of the charging infrastructure, electrifying commercial fleets and promoting renewable energy, this market has become quite lucrative for entrepreneurs. On the other hand, it poses a risk of entering into the relatively new market where there is lot of uncertainty around manufacturing skill resources new inventions and cha- changing policies anyone who wants to seize the opportunity and build next unicorn in this sector needs to listen to the experience of those who are building wonderful solutions in this area learn what it takes to be an entrepreneur in this profitable but dynamic sector from the e-mobility entrepreneurs themselves We welcome Chandrasekhar Bhide from Lithion Power, an organization that provides solutions to for Indian population. Chandrasekhar has a rich experience in electric vehicles. He is a mentor at NASCOM Deep Tech Club and a member of advisory board at Divya Sampark at IIT Roorkee. Let's hear from him about nuances of the market and his suggestions for entrepreneurs addressing the problems in this market. Thanks, Chandrasekhar. Thanks a lot for joining on the podcast. And uh, if I put my product management hat right, the first thing that comes to mind is what is the problem we are solving. And when I look at the automobile sector, or uh, we are basically solving the same problem of moving from one a, one point to the another, A to B. And we are doing it in a different way. There are different solutions to this problem. How do you think uh, the electricity is a way to go for the future? And second part to that question is like you know. do you find that as an end of the ic engineer there will be a period as in and i would presume that this would be probably 5 to 7 to 10 years you know where the evs will grow on significantly and again it will happen sector by sector okay for example uh, some state governments have announced that uh, all their vehicle purchases from this point in time forward will be electric to the extent possible okay as in you know electric buses electric four wheelers okay in b2b uh, scenarios electric vehicles are getting accepted okay especially in the commercial delivery segment last mile uh, commercial delivery segment e-commerce companies are large adopters of this you know they have even made made forward looking statements that in the next 1 2 3 years 10 20 30% of their fleet is going to turn electric right. and also for sdg reasons for esg goals right so it will happen but to suddenly think that you know you know overnight everything will be ev is not uh, pragmatic ic segment is fairly strong they have very strong lobbies right and uh, they are able to swing government decisions overtly covertly whatever you want to say right so ic is will continue to stay it just that uh, the percentage will dip and it will start dipping exponentially after a couple of years 
sorry what was the first question the first question was like you know uh, we are still solving the problem of moving from a to b right uh, so what makes you think again it was bit relevant i think why electricity is a way to go is what what do you think what do you think the key factors that will impact the mobility in the future okay yeah one is obviously the cost of fuel right nobody knows nobody needs to be reminded about the increasing crisis in fact in the last two weeks i think it has happened 10 times or 11 times right and the copper litter prices have almost doubled from what they were about 3 3 and a half years back right and uh, this trend is going to continue okay and people are trying to do their bit okay so people are doing more research before buying a vehicle and this is more true on the consumer side in uh, you know the top cities okay so if there is an option they would give a serious thought to it okay now on a day to day operational basis you know on a per kilometer uh, basis electric vehicles are significantly cheaper and so this is the reason the prime reason why in the b2b sector people are looking for electric vehicles it is not about pollution or reducing pollution you know because these are all commercial minded outfits but if i can reduce the cost of operations on a per kilometer basis by a significant percentage then why not this is the reason why e-commerce companies uh, you know the del- delivery and logistics companies especially in the in- intra city short distance one are uh, shifting towards electric vehicles okay on the consumer side yes i mean you know there will it will take some time because the consumer parameters for deciding or making this move are different and even if you were to consider the complete uh, point to point you know right from now people talk about uh, electricity what is the source of electricity you know whether it is coal whether it is uh, any other natural resources whether it is sun or wind whatever water right even if you discount any of that or even if you include that you know if you were to use electric vehicle you know and the way it is right now the way the technology components are right now you know the energy density uh, the residues there are no residues the maintenance part etc electric vehicle is still a very very good bet compared to traditional vehicles the only challenge being that the upfront cost of electric vehicle is higher and uh, i think by now it is common knowledge that the battery amounts to maybe 45% of the total upfront cost of a vehicle now there are since you talked about battery as a service when i was going through the lithium website right uh, so first question what is the story behind this name because it is not lithium uh, so how did you come with the name lithium so lithium is just a short form for lithium ion okay oh. we we thought it was very smart <laughs> <laughs> yeah it made me thought like you know what exactly because generally people talk about lithium ion i don't know like probably i'm not yeah lithium is short form for lithium ion right okay so we work primarily with the lithium ion uh, technology batteries now lithium ion is a generic family name so there are multiple chemistries of batteries which are under the lithium ion umbrella mm-hmm. okay we we work with uh, most of them and uh, the thought process was uh, see we actually uh, looked at this uh, you know industry maybe more than 5 years back when it was just getting started and uh, being in delhi ncr region it helped because uh, you know that was the that still is the most polluted uh, city in the whole wide world right in fact the national green, green tribunal had uh, prohibited any petrol diesel vehicles for public transportation 
which right. is why you see lpg cng and electric um, vehicles abundantly in the delhi ncr region now most of the vehicles use lead acid batteries okay these are very large batteries as in compared to lithium ion batteries they are unsafe as in, you know they require too much of maintenance for example you know the uh, acid can spill and corrode the floor of the vehicle the distilled water needs to be replaced every x number of days right. the energy density is not that great okay it weighs two and half times as compared to any solid state battery so there are reasons why <clears throat> there are reasons why a lead acid battery is uh, up for a change okay and uh, lithium ion battery has significant advantages now one of the biggest things is it can be connected to a electronic circuit and the uh, output or the operations can be programmatically controlled and optimized for maximum energy delivery so this is what we started with and uh, since the upfront cost of a lithium ion battery was significantly higher there was reservations among the people to buy a, a battery upfront even though it lasted maybe two and a half three times than a lead acid battery but you know india is a country where people pay a lot of importance to the economics right so we were thinking how can you take battery outside the equation and provide energy as a service now energy as a service is not a new concept because your cooking gas cylinders at home is exactly the same right so there are multiple providers of uh, these cooking gas cylinders okay mahanagar gas this gas that gas you know there are different uh, variants of the cylinder okay so there is a red cylinder used for domestic purpose there is a blue cylinder used by commercial establishments there is a half cylinder which is used by bachelors right and yeah. you don't worry about who is the provider of the cylinder you don't worry about whether your cylinder is red or blue or how clean is the cylinder for example as a domestic guy you would want you know as long as there is 14.2 kg lpg inside it you are fine right so that is gas as a service you know cooking gas as a service now similarly we wanted to do that now the problem was that uh, there is no standardization there is no intelligence there is no core electronics or engineering products which are designed in india for india and that is what we started with so we created a certain common minimum infrastructure okay first products then infrastructure for tying up this uh, whole ecosystem okay so we now work with the electric vehicle oems with battery pack manufacturers and assemblers they use our products you know our products are what are known as battery management systems that actually enable us to do swapping because that keeps track of the technical parameters inside the battery at 24 by 7 okay for example how much energy is left which translates to how many more kilometers it can go okay all this helps us to uh, run this whole network efficiently and all these are communication communication enabled so at every second during the day i know what is the state of all the assets on my network you know all the batteries on my network whether they are inside a vehicle if it is running not running how many more kilometers it can go if it is not inside a vehicle whether it is put up for charging how many more minutes or hours left before it reaches full charge stuff like that so all this is enabled through a combination of hardware 
and software and data analytics. All this is designed, developed, implemented in-house and uh, we tie up the whole ecosystem. So uh, one question which came to my mind, right, you know, uh, there are, so there is one uh, place where, you know, some people are, you know, looking at battery as a service or energy as a service. Uh, while there are some people who are trying to reduce the biggest challenge that they see is the charging time of the batteries, right? And they're trying to reduce that charging time as much as possible. Do you see the threat? Do you see that as a threat to this business where, you know, if the charging time is reduced to a significant amount, would battery as a service model uh, might get a hit of that particular thing? Uh, no. See, because battery as a service model removes the concept of ownership of a battery. Okay. So you just have to get a subscription for the energy part. Right. In a fast charging model, you still need to own the battery, right? And that is a significant cost. True. Correct. This is one commercial reason. One engineering reason is that one, you know, when you do fast charging, then it actually deteriorates the life of the battery. It's significantly deteriorated. Fast charging is supposed to be used for emergency purposes, not for your regular charging. Okay. okay. This is something which, you know, people from the engineering side understand, but you know, people will not talk about it in the public domain. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. See, because the people who are selling the vehicles are also selling you the batteries. Right. For them, it is a refresh cycle sale after X number of years. Right. right. So they wouldn't want to jeopardize it. Definitely. Yeah. Correct. True. Another uh, thing is that, you know, we, we don't see it as a fast charging versus slow charging. You know, a combination of that will exist. So like, like I mentioned, you know, fast charging is okay for uh, doing an emergency charging once in a while. In a swapping model, you know, we always do slow charging. Uh, I know what is my network utilization what is my requirement of a particular vehicle, battery, driver combination, because I know the history for the last 30, 60, 90 days. I know what is the state of charge available in every battery in a three to five kilometer radius. I can plan, you know, I can predict when it is going to be used. So I do my charging at an off peak time, you know, where the electricity rates are better. There is no additional load on the system, right? So I can charge at leisure, only thing is I need to be able to provide the charge battery when the customer wants it. I need not do a fast charging. So this is where our thought process is different because you know we are looking at it from an ecosystem point of view. I am not looking at it from a battery manufacturer point of view because if I were, then I would be looking at selling more batteries. I'm not looking at it from a vehicle point of view because then my perspective will be different. I'm looking at the overall utilization and optimization of the whole charging and swapping infra, which includes batteries, chargers, not just which are connected and getting charged right now, but also in the vehicles. So one thing at least uh, as a consumer, when I observe, like I see a lot of or a sudden rise in the passenger vehicles for the electric uh, vehicles, right? Uh, any, any specific reason from your understanding that, you know, how come the, because electric vehicles are not uh, new to this, uh, our ecosystem, right? So we have been trains running on electricity for quite a long time, but then suddenly the rise of a passenger vehicles has grown up. So any, any significant reason for that growth? OEMs are getting interested in this segment. Okay. Then there are these 
passenger side subsidies right uh, depending on the type of the vehicle the subsidy could be from uh, 20 30000 to 60000 to 80000 also in some uh, some states and even i can see like you know uh, biggest like volkswagen and mercedes they're planning to shut down their ice engine plan and go completely electric in future if you look at a market today right uh, what are the key gaps that you see uh, it could be for the indian market or it could be for the global market but uh, for the adoption of this uh, e mobility uh, ecosystem what are the key gaps that you see so this is a you know electric vehicles in a very very technical field it's very highly engineering driven mm -hmm. but the product development on this aspect is very minimal in india okay so i did mention that you know we started off with a solution in mind which was made completely in india and for the indian market right. okay. i i'll give an example as in, see everybody is a user of lithium ion batteries in our mobile phones in our uh, laptops right and we all know that the performance of a battery is not linear over time so on day one a fresh battery behaves differently but after one year after two years after three years it is different okay the first 10% is different from the middle 10% is different from the last 10% right and it varies depending on how you have taken care of the battery or whether you have abused the battery right uh, and it is very um, as in very much dependent on the say temperature or voltage or current you would probably have noticed that if if you have a old laptop okay and if it uh, you know if the laptop gets heated up then the laptop will the battery will automatically reboot the laptop will reboot okay. right it's like a safety mechanism okay similarly with your mobile phones okay if it is too hot then it will reboot or it will do something right, right? Now, multiply that by 100 times that is a electric vehicle battery for you now most of the products in the country okay are actually assembled products okay uh, and these are all chinese products mostly okay. chinese okay 99% or more chinese okay. now china works in a different ambient environment compared to ours china the typical operating uh, the ambient temperature will be say minus 20 degrees to plus 25 degrees in india summer has just started and we have already reached 44 degrees okay. yes right we have actually recorded a temperature of 48.3 degrees in uh, delhi okay and uh, this was inside a vehicle uh, as a new this was uh, and inside the vehicle it was 56.3 degrees centigrade 18 inches above the ground in a metal container this vehicle was not even running it was parked uh, at these temperatures you know, cheap chinese electronics does not work properly you would have seen that you know when your laptop overheats it will conk off yeah true so you you need lot of uh, you know a uh, lot of features to ensure that it works at indian operating conditions okay right. which means that you need to have more temperature sensors at different points within the battery pack you need to be uh, recording these temperature readings very frequently every second you need to be monitoring it you need to be taking action on top of it okay for example if it crosses a particular optimal threshold then you reduce the current or you switch off the battery depending on you know how crucial or how bad it is right now all this requires complete control over the hardware 
the communication part, the embedded software part, the data analytics part, all of that. Yeah, so that, thanks for you know enlightening on the safety part of it. Uh, how important you feel is the government support? Because when I was looking at your website, right, you mentioned government of government as one of the partner uh, for the initiative. So how significant or how important is government support uh, in such businesses? Yeah. So see, to, to be pragmatic, okay, at least on the three wheeler part, the industry was doing okay, has been doing okay till now. Mm -hmm. Correct. As in, you know, electric three wheelers have been in the Delhi NCR region for six, seven years. Right. right? Uh, and that is a very loosely regulated industry. Okay. But uh, since now people are getting into the more on the consumer side of things, you know, the electric two wheelers and four wheelers, the government is stepping in, which is good. Okay. A certain amount of minimum standards is required. Okay. Uh, we, we are actually part of some uh, technical committees which uh, work with the government, you know, trying to ensure that certain minimum standards are maintained. Okay, Th those are helpful, those are required purely as we go more on the consumer side of things. Okay, the government also uh, is trying to help this particular industry by, you know, changing the import duty rates, by encouraging Make in India, so few other, you know, policies, you know, almost every state government has come up with a EV policy, or at least they have announced a draft. Some of them have actually started um, announcing tenders, which are related to electric vehicles procurement for public transportation. You know, some uh, states have announced subsidized rates if the electricity is used for uh, any charging for electric vehicles. So it is helpful. Okay, as in, and uh, I think the government is on the right track. Uh, also, the you know some of the government uh, departments, they are uh, funding projects uh, in in these domains, and this is again under the Make in India initiative. So we are uh, you know ourselves working on a couple of such projects and trying to create uh, engineering products which will be used. Next question I have is from more from a consumer perspective, I would say. Because uh, this is generally being thought through, like you know, any any new technology or a new a new thing which comes, we try to understand how, does it fit better in my Indian culture or Indian environment. We talk about electric vehicles, but then uh, if you see India as a country uh, doesn't have sufficient electricity, or in the villages you still don't have enough electricity. And also the second part of the question will be like you know, we are still uh, relying more on the coal or uh, traditional uh, electricity generation mechanisms than the renewable energies. So uh, are we really making a difference to the environment? Are the claims of using EV is contributing to the environment? Are they really true in these conditions? What is your thought on that? So see, none of these technologies, including traditional ICE technologies have reached 100% penetration. Mm -hmm. So it is it is premature to think that EVs are going to do it safe in the next couple of years, right? But what is definitely possible is the tops, you know, the top X cities, you know, maybe 100 cities, maybe 150, 200 cities, you know, they can start converting Y number of their existing fleets right. or existing vehicles to electric vehicles. Okay. okay. See, it is a well known established fact that 
the maintenance of electric vehicles is almost negligible compared to that to a internal combustion engine yes. pollution is zero okay the operating costs on a per kilometer basis are very minimal okay it's only the electricity now you know if you were to believe the current government statistics we are i think more than 98 99% electrification throughout the whole country okay now again you know we are not saying that just because electricity has reached their electric vehicles also should right right what we can say in the top you know 100 cities if it reaches and if it takes a decent percentage of the traditional vehicles on the road then it is a very good metric <clears throat> then it is a very good start right and it is not meant to replace okay but, but you know what we are seeing is you know especially with the younger crowd they are seriously considering looking at having their first vehicle as an electric vehicle yeah definitely it could be a, a, a step forward to you know making a better better environment yeah yeah and uh, you know one thing to notice uh, for electric vehicles the starting point of course is electricity mm. but the source for that electricity could be renewable electricity okay so it could be solar it right. could be wind it could be any other forms as in it need not be cold right now yes you know because then it is ease of getting started you know you just hook up to a regular uh, utility connection you get the electricity but there are uh, you know there are products and solutions available where the even some part of the input electricity comes from a renewable source definitely as in especially solar Yeah, that's that's an amazing amazing conversation. Probably uh, towards the end, I just want to uh, you know understand like you know the entrepreneurs who are listening. Uh, what are the three tips that you would like to give, especially when we are getting into a relatively new market which has a lot of uncertainties? Because you know when I saw, I was seeing some of the uh, manufacturers of two wheelers were saying that you know unless we reach the mark of selling thousand vehicles or a ten thousand vehicles. Will probably not go for our strategy for the next thing. So they are also kind of trying to test the adoption of these vehicles in the market, and then taking a cautious step forward. So in such scenarios where you know uh, there are, I would say uh, significant uncertainties in the market. What three tips you can give to these entrepreneurs if they want to get into such ecosystem to build their idea? Okay, so one is get the engineering right. Okay, this is a very technical field. Mm -hmm. Okay, you cannot do a hodgepodge mix and match of, you know, getting stuff from uh, random wholesalers and traders and then cluster your name on the outside and say that, hey, we have launched an electric vehicle. So, <clears throat> second is know your market. Okay, now I'll qualify the statement. So some solutions work very well for low to medium power vehicles, you know, electric two wheelers and three wheelers, but they don't for larger vehicles. Okay. Battery swapping, for example, you know, we are present in the two wheelers and three wheeler segment only. We started with three wheelers because that was the largest addressable and that still is the largest addressable customer segment. We did not go into four wheelers because the total number of electric vehicles, electric cars in the whole country is less than 30,000. Uh, okay. okay. And it is fragmented and it is distributed all over the country. Right. right. Compared to that, there will be more than two lakh electric three wheelers in Delhi NCR region alone. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> so choose your customer segment. Okay. And even in that B2B versus B2C. So we are focused 
primarily on the commercial mobility segment, intra-city. Okay, specific focus on the e-commerce delivery for the doorstep uh, at the customer's doorstep. Now that is a segment which saw significant growth in the last one year because of COVID, right? People are sitting at home doing nothing but ordering online, right? So, you know, it helps to know your customer segment, your customer use case, and then you can appropriately come up with solutions, okay? And a third is you be clear about which is the, uh, which is the ecosystem part where you want to play in, okay? Some people have an aspiration to do everything by themselves, but they don't have the capability. Okay, it, it is better to you know tie up with players who have complementary skills because you cannot do everything yourself, even though you would want to, even though after a couple of years you might doing it. But if you want to have a faster time to market, you cannot be an expert at everything. You cannot have capabilities in everything. So if you, as in if you want to start, right, uh, you could start with some partnerships with people who are leaders in their spaces. And, you know, of course, you know, these can be non-overlapping areas. Okay. For example, there are uh, companies which are trying to manufacture vehicles, which are trying to set up manufacturing plants, even though they have not done that in the past. They have not even manufactured a screw in the past. Right. right? There are people, same people are trying to create their own batteries, trying to create their own electric vehicle, powertrain components, trying to have conversations, you know, the real-time APIs or communication between all of these parts right up to the consumer side mobile app. So it is not always possible, right? And might not be even recommended. Right. So be clear about, you know, which is the play that you can have in this whole ecosystem. See, again, you know, these, this is for people who are wanting to start in this space. Right. People who are already in this space Frankly, they come up with a different baggage. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you did refer to that, you know, that unless I have X number of uh, sales every month, I will not have a full-fledged strategy around it, right? There are local players, you know, who in, before COVID hit, used to do thousands of vehicles of sales every month, right? Mm -hmm. They will be as in, you know, they are way ahead of the national players. They used to be way ahead of the national players, right? Dhanda is dhanda, right? So you have to choose which segment you want to focus on. Uh, uh, thanks a lot. It was quite an enlightening session for me and I'm assuming that your audience will love it. And thanks for your time and it's really wonderful talking with you. Thanks, Reyes. Hey, it was uh, nice to be on this uh, podcast. We had a very informative and transparent discussion with Chandrasekhar today. He not only clarified some myths but also provided logical reasoning on how electric vehicles are truly helping the environment. Using wonderful examples, he simplified the importance of choices made by entrepreneurs in this sectors. The season will bring many more electrifying talks, so be sure to subscribe. Until then, keep listening, keep learning.